Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I am a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I am grateful for the opportunities to have created nationally recognized programs and for building the framework to bring 4 million nurses from across the country into the innovation space. I get to connect regularly with healthcare leaders and frontline professionals to talk about ways to improve patient outcomes, access, cost efficiencies, and clinical workflows. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform healthcare. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have heard otherwise. This is their opportunity to share with you what they see in their crystal ball through their unique lens and perspective in healthcare and what we can anticipate as a result. Have you gone to a restaurant recently or perhaps even a store and realized there are empty tables and it takes a long time to get served or it takes a while for the lines in the grocery stores to go down? It's because there are labor issues. Imagine what that feels like when you're a patient and there's a shortage of nurses or hospital workers. My guest today is going to help us imagine what patient care is going to look like in the very, very near future as we continue to struggle with staffing shortages and look to leverage technology as a way to help us. Listen in. Our guest today is Dr. Rhonda Collins, Chief Nursing Officer at Vocera Communication, now part of Stryker. Rhonda, I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yes, thank you, Bonnie. I'm really thrilled to be here with you and have this conversation. I um, came from the hospital world. To date still, I spent more years working in the hospital than I have in industry, but I made the change to industry for many reasons. I've always been interested in clinical informatics. I was a labor and delivery nurse and had a patient that I could not see or feel or touch. You know, I had to rely on technology uh, to allow me to monitor that baby and actually see with quote marks around it, the baby. So uh, technology assisting clinical practice was always really interesting to me. I'm, of course, like all nurses, I'm a lifelong adult learner and um, made the transition from the medical device world into um, healthcare software world earlier um, in the mid 2000s. And uh, at Vocera, we focus on communication because communication is the driver of everything in a hospital or in healthcare or anywhere, really. But communication, when it's poor, can cause errors. When communication is good, it can facilitate throughput, teamwork, um, patient outcomes, all of those things that we all talk about all the time. So um, Vocera has focused explicitly on improving the world of information, getting information to the nurse who's on the go or connecting teams of physicians and nurses, uh, sending alerts and notifications, notifying families, all of these things that we need to do really to keep the wheels on the bus and ensure that um, 
the integration of communication is at the forefront and on a single platform that enables um, everything from beginning to end for the, the patient and the caregivers in that entire experience. So this is really awesome. And if it's okay with you, I want to back up just a little bit and I want to double click on something you said. Okay. You transitioned from a hospital role, labor and delivery, moving into software and technology. When you think about that journey for yourself, what would you tell nurses that are interested or want to consider those kind of career options for themselves? What did that journey look like for you? What advice would you give them? Well, this is a great question, Bonnie, because this, it was not easy. You know, when I left the hospital, I was a vice president at a major hospital in Dallas. And um, that was a path I knew. That was a path I understood. And I made the decision for many reasons to transition into industry. Um, but predominantly, it was a family decision. And I would tell anyone who wants to explore that is that you have to to be willing and be open to risk, and you have to be curious. Stay curious, and you have to be adaptable. Um, and, and I will be the first to tell you that for the first year after I left the hospital, I woke up every day with my head in my hands thinking, what have I done? Because it was just a world that I, I had, all of my norms and paradigms did not fit in that world. So I had to learn a new language. But I'll tell you, when I finally began to understand that, I could have an impact on hundreds of thousands, if not millions of nurses and nursing practice all over the world, rather than just in one organization and 1,400 nurses, I became energized by the work and I became passionate about what is the platform that I stand on and how do I advocate for my profession? Because I realized I, I had a platform and I thought, this is my chance to leave my profession better than I found it. And I think that all of us in the profession right now, we really um, are tasked with that because we are in such a volatile time right now for nursing. And I think that um, all the paths led to this point. And so it's been a great journey. I've learned so much. And the thing that I always try to do every day is say, you know, how will this be different? What can I learn today? And how can I move through this world and bring value to the people who either use our products or are, are trying to engage at the bedside and understand uh, exactly how technology can be a nurse extender? All right. So since you took us in this direction, let's kind of explore this a little bit, right? right. You open the door here for us. All right. So <laughs> nursing is at we're in a state of chaos. We are in an incredibly difficult time. Yes. Yet you and I have known each other for a very long time. We had the pleasure to go to the same um, doctoral program. Yes. And our opportunities are incredible. Yet somehow we need to untangle ourselves as a nursing profession. Yes. What are your thoughts in terms of how is technology going to be part of that equation? How are we going to come out of this and really be okay? We're going to be different. We have to be different, but we're going to be okay. What does that look like to you? Uh, yeah, boy, that's the million dollar question, but I'll do my best to answer it. Here's, here's what I know for sure. For an undetermined amount of time, as uncomfortable as this is to say, we are going to have to take care of more people with fewer nurses. 
It is, it is a mathematical fact. And so instead of just raging against it, which is sometimes I feel like um, we can get caught up in our own wheelhouse of just raging against the situation as it is, we have to look and say, how can we use nurse extenders? How can we use technology? How can we use systems? How can we use data and information to extend the reach of the clinicians, nurses and physicians? And how do we bring that patient in through the advent of technology? I mean, a perfect example is that Today, nurses can sit in a parking lot of a car with their smartphone and they can pay the babysitter on a pay app. They can order groceries on a a grocery app or, you know, their local store will even deliver to their home. They can send text messages how to care for the children, but then they have to put all of that supportive technology away and go in the hospital. And every nurse I talk to is still using fax machines, is still using landlines, is still all of those things that tethered them in place. And so we have to look at how do we move nurses out? Not, you know, I'm not an advocate that, you know, nurses need more time at the bedside or they need more time doing this or that. What we need to do is enable nurses. We don't need to make them more resourceful. They're plenty resourceful. We don't need to help them, you know, we don't need to hold classes on being resilient. I think the last two years have shown us that nurses are resilient. What we need to do is give them powerful tools to enable them to make decisions in the moment, stay in the moment, and facilitate teams from wherever they are, not having to run looking for the one piece of paper that tells you who's on call or, you know, all of these things that we do that make our work very complex. We, we've normalized dysfunction. And so what we have to do is, is break all of that apart and question everything. And I, I am a huge advocate right now that we have the opportunity, question regulations, question standards, Question everything that you do. Why does a lifelong diabetic come in the hospital and suddenly someone else has to take their blood sugar? I I mean, they do it every day, several times a day. So why can't they take their own and find a way to electronically document that for the patient? These, These are all things that we need to just break down and then just put in every day because here's the truth. Most diabetics already document their blood sugar on an app. <laughs> so why can't we integrate that into That's our right. systems? <laughs> well, and- you know, I think you're you're spot on, right? I mean, you're singing to the choir here. And I think exactly the work that you've been able to do at Vocera is so incredibly important because we do have to find technologies that allow us to leverage ourselves as nurses. Some technologies are going to be an extra set of eyes and ears, for example, artificial intelligence. Some technologies are going to be a force multiplier, but we cannot resist the adoption of technology into nursing, knowing that there are fewer nurses and there will be even fewer nurses in the future. Yes. So I, I find it a little tone deaf when we run around, you know, talking about how um, we need to change staffing. It's like, well, if, if I could find more nurses, I would certainly do that. So let's look at what we've got right now and how do we realign this and how do we use these extenders, which predominantly are technology. I mean, those are the things that give us information when we need it, allow us to move and be mobile and all of those things. I think that sometimes, uh, we stop short in our conversations that somehow documentation and information is technology, but 
it, it's not. It's just an electronic way to document your information. We have to look at integration. And, and I, my personal opinion is even though it's a decades old conversation, it's not one that we figured out <laughs> and it's not one that we do well. So we have yes. to integrate systems. We have to look at the patient's room as a whole, as an entity, not parts and pieces of medical devices and information and documentation and information alerts and notifications. We have to, where does the patient spend all their time? They spend it in the bed. So how do we connect from where the point that the patient resides all of that into information that is then sent to the clinicians as needed. It's, it's, and, and can they act on it? And if it's not actionable information, it doesn't need to go to the clinician in that moment. So that's what takes the work is determining we can create mountains and mountains of data. Like we have more data than we've ever had in the history of the world, but is it useful? Does it help me make a decision in the moment? Are you forcing me to wade through nonsense to get to what I need to know. Absolutely. And those are the things that I think we truly have the opportunity to work on. Some of them are old conversations, but until we get it right, we have to keep pounding away at it. I think it's Absolutely. great to get to AI, but if but if my systems aren't even integrated from the bedside, then you know, AI is not going to do me a whole lot of good. Well, I think these all have to work in a parallel universe, right? It isn't a sequence of one and then the other. Exactly. And so yes. much of this stuff is capital intensive and it, it costs money. So we are going to have to find ways to fund these investments. The irony to me is that we even see commercials on TV or streaming services for smart home. I can tell, I have smart locks. I can tell who's in and out of my house. I can tell from my nest what the, the run rate of my temperature and my fan have been for months on end. Yet in a hospital room, we don't have ways to sort of upload and integrate the data from the, uh, the Dynamaps, the data from the IV pumps, the data from the, the yeah. temperature probes, right? Yeah, right. It, it's ironic to me that we're turning homes into these smart kingdoms, yet in the place that we really have to capture data because it's so important, we're not doing it. No, we're not. And it, it makes it, actually, it makes it hard on the patient and and the nurse or, or the physicians. I'll, I'll tell you this, I'm a hiker. Um, we, we have a little place up in the mountains in New Mexico, and that's where I go to clear my head and uh, just put strap on my hiking boots and go. Um, I was doing a high altitude hike at 11,000 feet last October. And uh, I had a medical incident on the top of the mountain and ended up in the hospital for three days. And um, it, it was something that an experienced hiker should have never done. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what I, <laughs> which I'm embarrassed to say, but anyway, I, um, I was in that hospital bed and I was in one of those fishbowl rooms, you know, and, but they kept the curtain pulled all the time so no one could see me. It didn't make any difference if I had a wall or a curtain. No one could see me. And it was interesting to me that the only way they knew that I was out of bed was that I was off the monitor. The only way um, they knew I had turned over on my left side, which the physician didn't really want me laying on my left side, but in my sleep, I naturally do that, um, was if they came in the room. I mean, there was, they could, they had no visibility to me as a patient. It required either me telling them 
or, um, you know, a monitor not working because obviously I took it off to, to go to the bathroom or whatever. And so I, I laid there thinking how many of these systems need to be connected to prevent these nurses from walking back and forth to my room literally dozens of times a day. And so I found myself uncomfortable because I didn't want to send off notifications to uh, to the nurse because I knew they were busy. So I oh, to make them run in the room still. and check on you. Yeah. I found myself trying to help them out by not moving or not going to the bathroom when I needed to. <laughs> those kinds of things. <laughs> so I was just thinking, you know, this is this is uncomfortable for me as a patient, and so. Um, I thought how much better this would be if we had systems that were connected and they don't have to come look. They can keep that curtain pulled and they would know exactly what I was doing in the moment. Well, and the technology's out there, right? It, I mean, that's the thing. The technology's there. It's, it's, it's incredible because so much of this technology is actually coming up from startups and small companies that are beginning to push forward with this wow. tech. The yeah. challenge is getting it to market and scaling it fast enough, producing enough of it, making the radar screen of these hospitals and health systems, and essentially also integrating into whatever is appropriate to capture and track the data. So is it Cerner? Is it Epic? Right. What's the best place to capture this and reflect it? And right. those are all challenges that have to become easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for so long, we've tried to figure out how do we make everything exist on in this one single system, realizing that, you know, we're, we're missing the boat because that single system does not accommodate what we need it to accommodate. So that's another place where I would say nurses need to really push for, I need this problem solved. It can't wait for you to figure this out. I need you to help me um, manage this major issue right now. It's we've always accommodated the environment rather than the environment accommodating us. And so I feel like that is a huge change that needs to happen in nursing right now. You know, we walk into that environment and we're, we're expected to just function in whatever it hands to us. But um, I think that one of the ways that we bring nursing in and really change the paradigm of our practice is to say, how do we bring these experts in who are knowledgeable, who know what they need, who know what they want, who have trained for years, and how do we adjust the environment to them instead of breaking down that to adjust to our rather dysfunctional disconnectedness? Um, well, and that's such a good point, because I think particularly at this time that nursing is in such a state of chaos, we know that out of disruption, transformation follows. So right. as nurses, this is the opportunity to insert ourselves into the design, the development of technologies, to push hard in our own organizations, to become involved yeah. with problem identification, true problem identification, workflow issues to help look for solutions because the solutions have to come through technology. There just are not enough human beings to do it. That's exactly right. And I know, you know, Bonnie, you know this as well, that sometimes um, some of our nursing leadership surrenders their seat of power just because it's a conversation that they are uncomfortable with or they don't have every day. And that's what I tell nurse leaders who ask me, how, how do I even understand what they're talking about? And I'm like, sit in that seat, 
fill up the space, sit at the table. And if you don't understand, ask for clarification because people are making decisions that only you can understand the impact to clinical practice um, that maybe they don't understand. And there has to be this collaboration of technical and clinical to reach the place that we need to be. And I think that this can be, honestly, when I talk to nurse leaders, I say this can be our legacy. We can be the nurse leaders, and no matter, you don't, you don't have to be in a CNO role to make this happen, but we can now be the nurse leaders who transform this profession, who really um, understand the needs, bring in our organizations, our professional organizations, leadership in the hospitals and say, this is what I have to have to safely deliver care. And this is how it needs to change. And this is the culture I want to adopt. And I always, I think culture conversations are interesting. Like, you know, culture just magically happens. You show up and this is a culture. Culture is nothing but the people agreeing to behave or embrace or innovate in a certain way. That's all culture is. You, you know, we invent it and we can destroy it. And so if you go to your place of employment every day and says, say, I'm going to create this culture of curiosity and innovation and adaptability, then that will follow. People who can't adjust, then, you know, they might have to make other decisions. But this is our time to create this culture in nursing of of what we want it to be moving forward into the next generation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and as I talk to nurse leaders around the country, I really hammer hard on build a culture of innovation. Yes, yes. This is your opportunity. And this is the job now. The okay. job has changed, yes. particularly yeah. over the last two years. The job has changed. Totally. So <laughs> it is about innovation. It is about identifying and learning how to embrace and adopt the right technologies to help you. I have a CNOs that quite often when, when I have these conversations, they say, well, I don't understand how, you know, what AI would, would do for me with my sepsis patients, or I don't understand how a pharmacy robot would be helpful. There are so many resources out there. Start with YouTube. Look yeah. on Coursera, take a mini course on AIs. You have to educate yourself so that you can actually advocate for what your nurses are going to need to be successful. That's exactly right. I actually wrote an article that'll be coming out later this year. And, and it was on, you know, there's a lot of us who are um, really uh, astute clinicians who have decided to work in industry and leverage that relationship you know, we all have to rely on each other right now. Leverage the knowledge of people like me and you. We leverage the knowledge of people like those leading in hospitals still and the response of their nurses. But we all have to support each other rather than hold each other at arm's length. We need to to access that, um, you know, that intelligence and that knowledge of what they know that we may not know. And my other comment is stop just staying in the world of healthcare, get outside our own echo chamber and look at industry. I mean, a lot of people have solved big, big problems like, you know, UBS solved the supply chain and the shelf to our product to door, all of these things that we can look at. How did that get done? And how do we translate that to healthcare? Um, I think that it's the time for us to be very curious about what's out there and what's been successful. 
Well, and I think those are incredibly valuable, valuable points for our listeners to really think about and to take away. And this is a great place for us to put a pin in it for today, because I'm sure we could go on for, <laughs> for a while. Um, but thank you, Rhonda, so much for being with us today on Healthcare Soothsayers podcast. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Bonnie. I really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. And be sure to check out the show notes for this show to find Dr. Collins' contact information and to learn more about Bocera. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health.